Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I am one of your hosts, Sabrina Justison, here this morning with Vicki Tillman, and the two of us are going to have fun talking with you about all things Homeschool High School. We're going to take a look at transcripts today, and we're going to talk about the vital guts of a transcript, what it must include, or all bets are off and everything will be horrible and it was all a waste. So there's a happy and encouraging (laughs) thought for you. (laughs) Just kidding. We're going to help you capture all the wonderfulness of high school on a really powerful, fabulous transcript. And we remember that there's not one right way to To homeschool, but there are several really wise principles for creating a high school transcript for homeschool. Indeed. So we'll share those with you. So uh, before we launch into that, I just have to tell a little story about my high school world lit class at our local homeschool umbrella. Um, We have been reading the Aeneid, which is a pretty big book for some high schoolers. They feel like they're really stretching with this one. Great classical literature experience. Absolutely. And um, so we got halfway through. We break it out over several weeks and we take it in chunks. So... They had spent two weeks reading the first half of the Aeneid, and um, if you have any familiarity with it, it, it's it's if you don't have any familiarity with it, rather, it is the story um, from mythology of Aeneas and some Trojans leaving after the the fall of the city of Troy, and going around on ships to various places trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with their lives and what they don't know is that the fates have decided that they will found Rome and it will be in Latium and it will be in Italy and this is how it will be no matter what the men or the gods decide to do. And And y'all are reading it in like not a a hip modern No, we're reading a straight up translation so Mm -hmm, yes, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not making them do the original language, they are getting to read it in English, but it's (laughs) No world language credit for this one. (laughs) That's right. So it's it's a lot and it's um it's a very intricate plot. Many, many, many things happen. And um, you have Juno, who is the queen of the gods, who is forever messing with them. She has a personal vendetta against them. So we decided that now that they were halfway through the book and they've been working so hard that they should get to have some fun and they should get to mess with the classic a little bit. So we um, met on Monday and we divided into three groups and one group represented all of the humans in the story and one group represented all of the gods and one group represented Juno all by herself because she is such a powerful force in the story. And um, we had our list of major plot elements that we've been compiling as we read. So at each point in the plot, we turned this into a role-playing, choose-your-own-adventure idea. <laughs> so we would get to the, the point where they land on the island with the harpies, and I would say, okay, well, the harpies are under control of the gods, not men. So gods, you, you get to decide, are the harpies going to attack the Trojans, or are they going to let them have their feast um, in peace? 
And so they all put their heads and they go, we're going to attack. So they decide to attack. So I say to the humans, okay, so are you going to fight back or are you going to run away and get on your ships and leave? And so all the people in the humans group, they decide, we're going to stand our ground and fight. And so I say, okay, well, Juno, you are forever interfering in this story. So what do you think? Are you going to help the harpies? Are you going to make this even worse for the poor humans? What are you going to... And it was so much uh. fun. So much fun. So, uh, yeah, that was my that was my fun homeschool adventure this week. Educational adventure. And what was your literature theme that you guys were developing? We are studying dramatic irony. Ah. Because the reader knows from the very first page that Aeneas has no choice. The fates have decreed that he will found Rome. And this is his life's destiny. So he can make choices along the way about how it will happen. But it will happen. But Aeneas doesn't really know that about himself. So there is this piece of the reader understands that, yeah, he's going to do that and it should result in this. But instead, they're going to take that left turn at Albuquerque and it's not going to work out too well, you know? So they get to watch Bugs Bunny for uh... (laughs) (laughs) Virgil and Looney Tunes together. There's a possibility there. Yes. Yes. So you should have fun in high school, right? Indeed, yes. And if Virgil is turning in his grave, that's okay. <laughs> Nothing like laughing to help learning. That's right. But I think it gave him a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. in the middle of a really challenging assignment. Mm-hmm. I hope it did anyway. They seemed fresh air-ish when we were finished. <laughs> they were laughing. <laughs> if they're laughing and ready to read the next section of the book, then I think we, we achieved something. Awesome sauce. <laughs> awesome sauce. <laughs> Oh, boy. Yeah, so let's talk about transcripts. Indeed. Um, So there is not one right way to homeschool high school, but there are some core pieces to the high school experience that need to happen and need to be captured effectively on the transcript. Indeed. So you've got a lot of experience with creating high school transcripts for homeschoolers. How about you give us an overview of uh, the guts of a strong transcript? Of course, every transcript needs the student's name. First and last name? Probably would be a good idea. All right. (laughs) Even middle name if it's applicable. (laughs) (laughs) A junior, a third, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 But really is, is, you know, when the kids go to apply for college, those that are college bound, there could be, you know, a gazillion Vicki Tillmans. It may be the hip name that year. And so to have the full name on there helps. Sometimes parents will put their social social security number. I can talk. <laughs> um, but we never did really fall into that too much. And the name of your school, if okay. you have a school. And, of course, a contact address. Do you have to have a school name? on a transcript for a college to take it seriously in this day and age. It used to be, I know, that mm-hmm. you really kind of did, but homeschooling has become a little more mainstream. Do you need to yeah. have a separate school name? I've seen it done both ways. Okay. So that, you know, when it's just a family school, sometimes they just leave that off, and the kids are getting into most colleges just fine these days. So as long as you keep backup paperwork in case you end up with one of those rare advisors that want to see a portfolio, you know, like, show me you actually did write some papers. Mm-hmm. So, But we don't hear about that much anymore. In the old days, it was very common. 
That's a really wonderful thing. That's something to be so thankful for. Indeed. The change in the culture's perception yeah. of homeschooling and its validity. I remember. So take heart, folks. Yeah. <laughs> in the old days, back when my oldest one started high school, HSLDA would uh, periodically mail out a list of colleges that accepted homeschoolers. Yes. Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do remember yeah. that. There'd be like 10 colleges yep. on there, and they'd say, woo, yep. we're up to 11 now. We're making progress. Yeah. And now it's just like the colleges have discovered our kids are the movers and shakers on campus. They make right. the school look good, and they tend to recruit us. So it's not something that we have to hide our homeschooling behind uh, you know, it's the name, name of a school. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Although it's interesting, I think a lot of families find some identity and confidence in choosing mm -hmm. that. I've talked to a lot of moms who spent a bunch of time in prayer and in talking with their husband, capturing the vision for why their family was homeschooling and coming up with a school name yeah. for that. So if yeah. that's if that's something that's empowering to you, hey, yeah. Rock on, do it. That's that's cool. Yeah, and, and the kids that are in umbrella schools, to have an, an official umbrella school transcript, then they have the power of the generations that have gone before. Mm. So those kids that have already graduated make a reputation for the school, and that goes into the algorithm when the colleges are deciding who to accept and who not. It's uh, I've heard college admissions ad advisors call it their multiplier. So if they like the school a lot, the school gets a little bit more multiplication. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So our umbrella school that our kids have been blessed to go to has been around for a while and has a pretty good multiplier. Excellent. All right. So you've got names. You've got the kid's name. You've got the school name. If there is one, mm -hmm. you may or may not choose to include a social security number and date of birth, right? Need Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yes. I was picturing the top corner <laughs> yeah. of my kid's transcript. Like, duh. My... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's just an important part of their identification. All right, so we know who they are. Now what is being captured from high school? Of course, they have to have their credits, right? Credits. Yeah. How many credits? What kind of credits? So every state's different. And you can check what your state is requiring for graduation at Homeschool Legal Defense, which we are not affiliates for. I just we just think, think they're wonderful, yeah. and they have done a whole lot of great work to make it possible yeah. for people to homeschool. And we highly recommend folks joining. But anyway, in our area, we go with 26 credits, and some people can get by with less. But we found that 26 makes it um, create a competitive transcript. Okay. So we seem to be, you know, going neck and neck with good schools that way. So it's language arts they'll need four. Okay. And that's a big credit that includes literature and writing. Yes. Yeah. And we've done podcasts on that. And there are lots and lots of posts at homeschool. At homeschool legal. Somebody needs to give me some coffee. <laughs> there probably are I posts about are. it at, at HSLTA, but we know for sure that there are posts at sevensistershomeschool.com about the English language arts credit. If our sister Kim was here right now, I could look at her and somehow blame that one on her. Yeah, I don't know how I yes. could do that. We, we would like to try to blame it on someone, but there's, no, that was me. Uh, anyway, com has wonderful, wonderful posts, posts about yes. that. Yes. Okay, so, so four <laughs> English language arts credits. And four maths. Four maths. 
and that would be Algebra 1, Algebra 2, Geometry, in whatever order. Okay. And then according to what the colleges are looking for, they would need financial literacy and or a higher math, like pre-calc and trig. Uh, so it really is according to go visit college website and okay. uh, get, get what they were looking for. And there would also be a factor of what type of major a kid was trying to aim for. If you're yeah. heading into anything that is going to be math heavy, you mm -hmm. certainly want to go ahead and be through pre-calc. And I, I know a number of kids doing calculus yeah. in high school yeah. because they need to get that jump on it. Yeah. But if you're going to be a, a history major or something, it, it's probably, don't probably need not necessary. Yeah. Cool. All right. So we've got the reading and writing and arithmetic. Now what? Then they need social studies. And so usually states will require American history, world history, a half a credit of geography, half a credit of civics and economics each. And then a lot of colleges are looking for that half credit of social sciences. And some kids don't need that, and so they will do just a history elective. Okay. Now, we've, we've done some podcasts explaining social sciences in depth, but let's just touch on that quickly, because that's, for a lot of people, that's a new phrase. What is a social yeah. science again? Psychology, sociology, human development. It's, it's a, a kind of nebulous thing because some uh, colleges will include civics and economics under social sciences. Mm, okay. uh, and a lot of them just do the psychology, sociology. So you just check college websites. <laughs> Not trying to cop out, but right. really every college right. has the right to choose what they want in an incoming student. Sure. And so you know if you look at several local colleges, uh, kind of how to lean into high school. And in terms of just understanding what it means, this was this was actually something that when we did one of the earlier podcasts, I kind of went, ooh, now I have words for it. You explained to me that social sciences are studying people in ways that there is measurable data associated with it. So it's it's scientific study, but it is about people groups and people development and something that is not, you know, like genetics or or something yeah. where it's, it's science science. It's somewhere yeah. So it's social people and science measure so. coming together. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So um we've got our English language arts, we've got our math, we've got our social studies and social sciences. Then what about science sciences? Science sciences. So they will all need biology and chemistry. And those should have a lab with they them, They should right? have a lab. Mm -hmm. And you need to document lab hours, what, on a log sheet and lab reports yeah. and that sort of thing, just yeah. in case. Yeah, we, we always have our kids document 30 hours because that tends to be what the colleges have looked for in our okay. area of, of lab. So that's above classroom, you know, okay. just reading textbook and So if typically you're, you're aiming for 135 hours for a credit, then you're talking about 165 hours with 30 of it being lab? Indeed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that's two. And then usually they will need a health half credit or full credit. And then other sciences according to what their majors are going to be or what the state requires or what the college is looking for. So it's it's hard to get a concrete and everybody must do this because right. there's not one right way to homeschool. Um, school. Yeah. Mm, so 
maybe anatomy if you're thinking of that direction or maybe mm -hmm. a fitness something physiology yeah. kind of thing so what if or some of the earth science, science yeah. or what are some science your kids have done <clears throat> beyond the biology and chemistry yeah we did um we we went the anatomy and fitness physiology and nutrition route because um one of my sons was very very interested in all things in that realm. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was for one of them. And another one we did animal science because made sense for your daughter big there. Into yeah. Animals. Yep. Yep. And at that point, we were thinking that maybe she was going to head in the vet direction and mm -hmm. she ended up changing her mind, which is also okay for your teens to study and mm -hmm. take courses and explore and then choose not to do something. Yeah. That is a part of wise use of high school, right? Is to Indeed. rule some things out. Well, and that's valid career exploration is, yeah, I thought I wanted this and then, nah. You know, and funny story. It's, I don't think she would mind me talking about this. My, my daughter was very seriously considering the vet path when she entered high school and she had the academic toughness for it, no problem. But the more time that she spent um, actually volunteering and shadowing and that sort of stuff she realized that she loved animals in a way that was not conducive to helping them and if she worked as a vet or in any uh, any piece of that she was going to be seeing sick and hurting animals all day long every day and it would break and her, her heart. heart could not handle it i could see that and so helping animals needs to be her avocation not uh -huh. her vocation and her dream is to someday um be in, independently wealthy enough that they can just adopt every every homeless critter on the planet and just love it back to health to a hundred acre farm with all kinds right. of critters so you know you can have a kid who would be great at something mm -hmm. except that it just might rip their heart out and they're just yeah. a little too tender for that and they could find that out and that could be really powerful career exploration you bet it totally valid so, so so back to science. Yes, so science. I had two that did physics. Uh-huh. And the rest did not. Yeah. And so they leaned into I think one did earth science and uh, one we took psychology because it's a social science mm -hmm. and really leaned into that. Some did human development as a social science for their health credit. Yeah. So they chose to put it in too. their health mm -hmm. credit instead of a social science credit. So there's a lot of flexibility in what your transcript shows, as long as it's going in the direction that the college, if your kid's going to college, you want to see what the local colleges are looking for. Good. I've known kids in our local umbrella school, too, who have gone astronomy. Yes, one of mine did weather that. weather science. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, I know one who did um, marine studies. That's right, yeah. So, so there's, yeah, a there's a lot of directions mm -hmm. to go in those extra sciences to get four on a on a transcript. And only two out of those four need to have documented labs. Three. Three, three, three out of those four. Sorry. Bringing me back to that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So three with lab. Excellent. All right. So then what's left? We've done English language arts, math. We've done social studies, social sciences. We've done science sciences. And then world languages. Ah, world languages. So they need two or three credits according to what the state wants and, again, what the colleges are looking for. So our local university here, the state university, wants three credits of one language. Okay. So our kids go all the way through 
Spanish three or French three or Latin three or sign language three. Um, And some colleges don't care. And uh, so just go with state requirements or interests. Good. All right. So world languages are covered. What else goes into making up that 26 credits? They need those fine arts credits. Ooh. I like those. So what did your kids do for I fine like arts? Fine Serena? arts. We have we have artsy kids in our family. So we had um, we had the, some of the most common things: choir and voice lessons, and we had dance, and we had instrumental lessons. Um, we had guitar and music theory, and then we had um, uh, drama, and some of that was stage, and some of it was cinematography, and we had screenwriting, which kind of was a Double thing Double going thing, on there because yeah. it was a writing discipline, but yeah, it was yeah. also for performance. And um, yeah, we didn't do as although well, I was going to say we didn't do as much with visual arts, but my youngest actually loved took two years of art with your daughter, That's who right. was a little older, who yeah. is the artist, and um, he really. I thought he was actually going to yeah. do more with it than he did. He really took to it, and that was in middle school. And the beginning of high school, and then he decided that his interest was more in um, in the fitness yeah. stuff, and, and his time started to go more to that. But yeah, yeah. so they did you? photography and art appreciation. So mm-hmm. with her, like the the basics of art and cultural mm-hmm. different art things. Mm-hmm. Well, and she did do some basic, like they did um, acrylic painting and mm-hmm. watercolor painting, and I think pastels. And I have, I still have several of his pieces from that year because yeah. it just was really neat. I am not artistic that way at all. I'm not good with visual. Me either. I don't know where my daughter yeah. got it from. Yeah. She's pretty stinking yeah. wonderful. So yeah. she got it from somewhere. Yeah. But it was neat for me to see him bringing these pieces home and he could explain mm-hmm. to me the, the steps yeah. and the, what they had been taught about it um, in the process. And that was really all very new yeah. to me. So it was yeah. fun. So one one of the fine arts credits my son did was um, history of music, especially uh-huh. with the church music history, because he was at that age where he wanted to know why we have the kind of music we have. He he was at a non-denom church with the, you know the. Two guitars, uh, you know, keyboard and drums. And he wanted to know why that was that way. And he didn't have experience. Like, you know, I grew up with piano and one piano, one organ. Uh Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, what? so is there God's one way of having church music? So he, he really leaned into that and made... I think he had two full credits by the time he was done wow. going all the way back to wow. ancient hebrew so there's all kinds of things you can do for fine arts that's just Ooh, fun cool. can you tell we I just know, kind of lean into all stuff. kinds of per, um, um um going to performances and stuff too oh for kids goodness, who are yeah. not particularly musical yeah. or who are not dancers but they can get a whole lot out of appreciating yeah um, just put it together mm-hmm. is, is fine arts appreciation and a little art and a little Music and drama, just attending things. A little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's having a Donnie and Marie show moment there. Flashback. Um, I've now dated myself, haven't I? <laughs> okay, so that covers fine arts and then some. Um, are we leaving anything Is Ed. Ed. Mm-hmm. So they've got to have, according to state requirements, one or two credits. 
Although I always tell parents if they ask that the more phys ed kids get, the better they'll do on their academics. And why is that? Because it, moving your body clears the brain and burns off stress hormones and makes you a better person. So yeah, yeah. aiming for lots of phys ed is really good for teaching kids balanced lifestyle and peak academic performance. Which just might turn itself into peak life performance mm -hmm. forever and ever. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Get up and move. That's right. Beautiful. All right. And phys ed does not necessarily have to be a regimented curriculum or um, involvement in traditional team sports, right? It can be... It can be pushing the lawnmower around the lawn. If they're breaking a sweat, shoveling snow for the little old lady next door. Cool. Yeah. We had, uh, my family had not a lot, I had one kid who liked to play team sports, but the others mostly not, but mm -hmm. lots of long distance bike riding and um, my daughter danced mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you want know, to talk about working up a sweat and building some muscle, mm -hmm. Dan dance is exercise. Don't, mm -hmm. you know, you see, you see the t-shirts, the girls that say, um, I am an athlete, dance is my sport, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah. if you know any dancers, it's true. Indeed. <laughs> yes. So, all right. Lots of options for yeah. phys ed. So are we up to 26 now? So then we got electives. Electives. So, yes, and those are so important because they help build that transcript. Only we have to do another podcast on that. So electives. So much to explore with electives. Yeah, in the meantime, visit sevensistershomeschool.com for oodles of posts. All right, on choosing electives yeah. wisely. All right, so with all of the coursework met, mm -hmm. the transcript is looking pretty good. We got the kid's name, the date of birth, the school name if there is one, and then we've got these wonderful 26 credits, and they're mm -hmm. showing by year, yeah, as yes. they get earned. Right, broken out by year. And they're shown as um, what level of rigor they were... That's a good point, yeah. Think? And you can check out, um, we have a podcast on recording rigor mm -hmm. and also post back at the site. Good. Uh, but the core courses need that. Other courses don't. Okay. But you want to show, if your kid's done honors work, you want to show that off. And if they've done average work, you know, that it's not quite college prep, you have to be honest about that, mm -hmm. too. And then you're showing the grade that they earned. Mm -hmm. in each of these courses and mm -hmm. it's okay to have something that's not an a on the high school transcript correct? oh my goodness yes yeah it's perhaps perhaps important yeah to, it, to show that they've stretched themselves having many c's is not a good idea mm -hmm. so they just need to redo things if they're not getting good grades and how do we feel about the letter D on the transcript there's there's a lot of difference of opinion and I know yeah. I feel strongly about it but I, I, to me personally, you know, there's not one right there's way not. to assign grades is if you got a D, you didn't master the material, go do it again. That's part of the beauty of being able to homeschool mm -hmm. is that if it's not clicking and you're not getting it or you just haven't put the time in and so you really mm -hmm. haven't mastered it, you should. Because yeah. why are you taking that course if it's not to learn the material? Right. So take that time. You're not holding the rest of the class yeah. back because... Yeah. It's your homeschool choice. And um, yes. yeah, a D really indicates that you, you didn't get it. Yeah, and that's what we have never given credit to kids for a D. I know in some schools they will give you a, okay, you earned a credit, but we have never done that. Yeah. All right, so um, the grades are assigned and the level of rigor is shown and the 
um, academic stuff is is all listed beautifully on your transcript. So then what else goes on there? So we always include extracurriculars. Okay. That colleges like to see that kids have been involved something in in, in a continuing way. So like every year they have done this fundraiser or this youth group or this sports team so it shows some commitment to something and some um intentionality yeah in their use of their time so and and ways that they have developed talents or gifts or or built into their local communities so it really really is important if you're comparing student to student a student with no extracurriculars or very few is not going to shine like a student who has been very involved and shown that they're willing to be the kind of person that would contribute to college culture. Right. Yeah, because going to college is not just about what you're going to get out of it. It's also about what you as the student are going to bring to that culture yeah, on the campus. because the colleges want to look good yes, so that other students will come to the college. So so sometimes I see uh, like little debates over whether you put extracurriculars on a transcript. So my suggestion is absolutely yes. In the On the modern online applications like Common App and SendEdU, uh, there is a place to also paste in your extracurriculars, which you have to do that. But if it's not just on the transcript also, it may get lost in some of the eyeballs that mm. have to look at the process um, in the right. application, you know, when you're, when you're there with the admission officers. Very good. Okay, so list those extracurriculars and think about those extracurriculars so that there, there are some that show continuity over the mm-hmm. years. And it's it's great to use extracurriculars to dabble in stuff and to give something yeah. a try and to decide you don't like it and to try something else. And that, that's right. yeah. one of the purposes. Right. But a little continuity can go yeah. a long way to making a kid very college attractive. Indeed. All right. And how about other stuff? How about competitions? Competitions. Okay. Now, why do we want to raise our kids to be competitive? They should love everyone, and they should always let other people go first because the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So competition. Hmm. So they should go lose the competition. They should go lose lots of competitions. <laughs> you yeah. heard it here. Hmm. You heard it first from your big sisters. <laughs> um, yeah, explain the whole competition thing. Why is this important? And Yeah, so the, the purpose of competitions for the transcript is not to win, per se, but to compete. And mm-hmm. so competition shows drive. It shows willing to invest in something with some level of intensity. So there's all different kinds of competitions kids can get involved in. But it really the point is, is the, the drive that one has to have in order to do some kind of competition. So sports kids have sports kind you know, like mm-hmm. MVPs or things like that. Um, you know, our kids who were more into to the speech and the drama thing did speech and drama competitions at ACSI and choir competitions. Mm-hmm. And they, they learned how to find out what judges were looking for right. and develop themselves in an area, not just because they were interested in, but because they could mold themselves to, to, play the game to be directable yeah yeah Yeah, you're putting yourself out there and you're opening yourself up to critique yeah 
And that is an important life skill, yeah. actually, because you're going to be critiqued on the job. Mm-hmm. You're going to be critiqued in various community endeavors. And if, if you can be a part of that and play that game yeah. for a, a purpose and a time, um, that's good stuff. Yeah, so all, all of our kids, the, the competitions that they have done in high school, especially those that they go to. Now, some did writing competitions, and those weren't as stressful because they just sent things in by mail. But the ones that went and, and were sitting across for, from some judges, at, you know, speech and drama and the, the music kinds of things. Well, and even some of our visual arts kids at the ACSI competition, there was a display hall, and your work was right. put up there, and the judges would stroll through, yeah. and everyone was looking at it, so it was yeah. still... Taking that risk and putting yourself out there. And that, it was never their, whoa, this is my favorite day of high school. But they have all told me that they were such valuable experiences in preparing them for the rest of life. Excellent. And anything where you have to audition is that audition experience. I, I actually am working with um, a local homeschool um, umbrella that is going to do a musical this spring, and I'm going to be their music director. And we had a pre-audition workshop with our kids Aww. yesterday. Because we wanted them to understand why you have auditions. It's not just about casting the show. Mm-hmm. It's about beginning to build um, perf- performance professionalism into young performers and then to, to build community from the beginning. And so you have to put yourself out there and you have to receive critique. And, you have, and we talked about how this was not a performance. An audition is not that you come in and you perform and you leave, at mm-hmm. least not the way we're doing them. Mm -hmm. So you're going to come in and you're going to perform whatever you've chosen to prepare. And then we're going to ask you to try something different and show us another side of you. And then we're going to ask you to maybe read opposite this person to see how Mm -hmm. you two gel together. Uh And we're going to be watching how you respond to the other people who are here auditioning because we want to see if you're invested in this team, this cast, and this community that we're building. So we're looking for all of those pieces. And that, that is a type of competition that is building a lot of life skills, too. That sounds a whole lot like one of my sons was in a college scholarship competition, and they did that kind of thing, like cool. took all these seniors through in a room and said, go do this with this person, go do this alone, do this as a, yeah, oh. and they just sat there and they watched, you know, walked around with pads of paper, yeah, it was quite an experience, Groovy. yeah. Groovy. So, Social yeah, experimentation. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So competition is a good thing. And, yeah. and for uh, I was one of those when my kids were younger who didn't like the word competition. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I want my kids to, to have servant hearts and I want them to build others up and not have to show others up. And competition that we're talking about here, it's not about showing others up. Right. It's about being willing to to work hard for something and put it out there and receive critique and response on it. Right. So it's not about building egos. It's about building experience. Good one. That's like a tweetable little thing there. I know, so is yours. Wow. What did we just say? We could write it down. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody email us, please, or leave a comment and remind us of what on earth we said. Because it was really tweetable, whatever it was. (laughs) All right, so while we're talking about servants' hearts, I know that service also should show up on the transcript. Yeah, even school schools require their students to have some service. So some schools, it's like 25 hours for their whole high school experience. Which sounds like a really low number to me, but I guess it's a whole lot better than nothing. Yeah, I mean, for some kids, it's like way out of the box. Oh, yeah. Because we live in such a consumer-driven, egocentric Mm -hmm. culture that to serve somebody else is like a very strange experience. 
So fortunately, we homeschoolers tend to lean more in the servant heart area. We heard the the loveliest um, talk from Zan Tyler, who is a part of Apologia Press and um, has written books that we really like. And we, we heard from her recently, and she was sharing examples of service from their homeschooling years. And she talked about how there were organizations that she wanted to volunteer for that were near and dear to her heart that were not crazy about having anyone under 18 there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so they had to look for some other ways to Mm -hmm. be a family that was going to serve together. Mm -hmm. And I thought this was just lovely. They got a list of all of the widows in their church. And they just personally decided that they would adopt them and they would create baskets and they would personally show up to deliver them, schedule a time, and they would hang out for as long as that person seemed to want to sit and visit. And um, this started as a a pre-Christmas project, you know, Mm -hmm. something to to take them something around Thanksgiving, Christmas. And that over the years, what happened was this relationship formed between her children and these, in most cases, Mm -hmm. grandparent-aged widows to where those women became prayer warriors on behalf of her kids and encouragers to them when they were getting ready to go away to college. And um, I just, I thought it was beautiful because it started out as she said, I want my kids to love on other people and to serve them. And they, she created those opportunities and sacrificed time and energy to make it possible. But then service brings so much back to the one who serves too. Mm -hmm. And God always does that as he brings such blessing out of service. So if we're, if we're exposing our kids to that, um, yeah, it's important. So it looks mm-hmm. good on the transcript, Indeed. but it's also going to bless them on such yeah. a heart level. And and it really teaches children what the gospel is all about. You know, it's, Absolutely. it's sacrificing for other people. Yep. So, yeah. So keep track of how many hours that your young people serve. And that goes on the transcript also. Excellent. All right, and then I think the final big thing, and most people know this but might be really intimidated by it, is that whole SAT, ACT, hardcore numbers from a standardized testing experience. Yeah. So our kids that are going to colleges that don't require SATs or ACTs anymore, and there's some that uh, don't require it. Community colleges don't require it usually. Um, they will need their SAT or ACT score for placement. Because if they have those, they might place out of remedial courses. Cool. And if not, sometimes they end up, you know, wasting a semester on an 093 or 095 right. level. And paying for a course that they shouldn't have had to pay for because yeah. they were capable of, yeah. So go ahead and, and have Excellent. them practice some for the SATs. That's advice by my kids. You know, do, do some practice work. So Khan Academy has free stuff. And uh, my kids always like the dummies for ACTs and SATs. We use the dummies books here. So there's lots of good um, prep material. Yeah, Yeah, and, you know, interesting note, if you're not aware of this, test taking is kind of a separate skill. You can be very, very bright and have tremendous academic success Mm -hmm. in your coursework and not be a great standardized test taker. Mm -hmm. And things like the dummies books do a lot to help those kind of kids figure out how to handle the test. Yeah. So it's more the test taking tips and not so much the material like most of the other courses do. It's it's more on the, the technique. Uh, so those are helpful and, and very accessible. And we're not affiliates. No, we're not. We, we just, just like talk them. about what we like. Yeah. What's been good for our kids. 
Yeah. Um, and how do you know when your kid needs SAT and when they need ACT? Is there a magic formula or should you just always make them take both? Yeah, in part it's regional. So our mid-Atlantic area, it's all SATs and it tends to be in the more southern states, more ACTs. Some colleges want both, some just want one, some will take one or the other. Check your college website. All right. We are going to pass that buck because there is not one right way to take the standardized testing necessary (laughs) for the end of homeschool high school. (laughs) All right, so let's recap quickly here. We've got 26 credits, including English, English language arts, math, Social studies, sciences, um, fine arts, phys ed, electives. All right. And then we've got service and competitions and test scores and your basic information of names and date of birth and all those identifiers. And you pull it all together and you want to make it look sharp. Yeah. Because you seriously homeschooled your kid. They really did get an education. Their transcript Mm -hmm. should look Mm -hmm. like they seriously got an education. And they have every right to be evaluated for acceptance to college because their transcript looks real. Because their education was real. So they will have to PDF it and and upload it for colleges that have the... uh, the Common App or Mm Sendedu, so the electronic versions. For paper applications, they will need the principal signature Uh and probably even a stamp. So just go to the office supply store and buy a school stamp. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, well, I think that that has covered pretty much the guts of what Mm -hmm. it needs to include and then exactly how everything is worded and what it looks like and how you format it and all that's going to be a reflection of your personal choices. Mm -hmm. There's not one right way. And, um, you just want to keep thinking that this is to capture the learning that has happened in your high school. Indeed. All right. Well, we thank you for tuning in. If you would like more, um, encouragement resources and practical strategies for homeschooling high school and, Getting all that stuff recorded beautifully on the transcript, come to sevensistershomeschool.com because there are lots and lots of blog posts there that will help you. Indeed. And um, we encourage you to join us again for the next Homeschool High School podcast from sevensistershomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. See you next time.